Welcome to I Am Ready, a podcast where we have tough and meaningful conversations based on the real-life experiences we're all going through, where women everywhere are reminded how magnetic and special they are, even when they doubt it, where we can all feel safe, heard, and understood as we explore the ups and downs of life. Here, we will learn, grow, and become our ideal selves together. So if you're ready to be poured into, reminded how powerful you are, and given that nudge to step into your boldness, then you've come to the right place. You ready? Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to I Am Ready. Today's episode, I want to focus on emotions. And I have a couple funny things to like talk about regarding emotions first, and then share some tangible like tips or tricks or ideas for you. I have like three stages of life when it comes to my relationships with emotions. And I thought I'd just briefly talk about them to give you some idea on like the evolution and how your, your relationship or understanding of emotions can evolve. And also just see if you recognize or like relate to any of them. And I'll start as like a small child. I don't know if I would have recognized, I guess even through high school and like, but as a child, generally, uh, I don't know if I would have recognized this at the time, like in the moment, but in hindsight, I remember taking a ton of pride in being like the calm one, meaning it's not that I didn't have emotions. It's not that I didn't talk about them. It's not even that I thought that they were bad. My family was open. They were supportive. I definitely like had different like struggles and stressors and, and felt safe and comfortable to talk with them about him. So it wasn't that, you know, I know some people can reflect back in their emotions and say like, no, my family, you know, we talked about them that they were, they were bad or wrong, or I didn't have a safe space to, you know, process them, or I didn't even know what to call my feelings. Like that was not my experience, but I just remember just really taking pride in that, like I could have the level head in a stressful situation. I could be the leader. I could step up to the plate. Uh, a lot of this in, in later childhood, like teenage years was related mostly with sports, right? That I could have a strong mindset, keep my nerves in check or like my frustration in check to perform as well as I could as an athlete and, and kind of check my emotions at the door, which obviously served me very well. So I just remember thinking back now, or like, as I reflect back now that emotions were something that were to be kind of contained or tamed. Again, it's not that I wasn't supposed to have them all together, but just if you could, I'm going to keep saying, keep it together, then you were like doing a good job. And I don't even know if my, my parents will remember this or anything, but I remember at some point 
junior high, high school, maybe, I don't even remember the context of this conversation, but I remember asking my parents, I think it was because maybe we had just gone out to eat. I don't think I was a parent yet. I think I was still so sorry. This story, I don't know the context, but I remember asking them, I think in, in seeing small kids out to eat with their families and, you know, they're running around the table and they're making noises and they're don't want to sit anymore and all of that. And I remember asking, like, was I like that as a kid? Like just lots of energy and kind of loud and trouble, like sitting still in a restaurant. And they were like, no. If you asked to get down and run around or something like that, and we said, no, you just sat there quietly and you accepted it. And I remember being like, yep, <laughs> so proud that that was their response. Um, so it just, it just fits that that's, that was my relationship with emotions. Like you can have them. They're fine. They're not bad. They're not whatever. And yet it's so much more rewarding to like keep them in check and stay calm and have it together and like, don't lose your mind. Again, nothing inherently wrong, but that, that was stage one of my relationship with emotions. Stage two, I would say came through college and grad school and like the rest of my twenties where I started to have some bigger life experiences that really brought on emotions. So again, it's not like in, in my childhood or teenage years that I didn't have adversity or I didn't have situations that brought out emotions. I definitely did. I had injuries in sports. You know, I was, um, I, you know, boyfriend breakups or I, I, all the very typical common experiences. Uh, but my college grad school and the rest of my twenties, as I became a mom and at the end of my twenties and things like that, just really brought out life experiences that gave me more intense like situations and brought on more intense emotions. Makes sense. So my relationship with them changed a little bit and that I felt through episodes, like I can think of, I had a couple depressive episodes for sure. Uh, they were very much tied to a previous relationship. I, so it, it just became more like, huh, like I can't contain these like I used to. And I don't, I don't know what to do with them a bit. Like it was, it was harder for me because they came on stronger and I didn't know what to do. Like I couldn't just be the calm one in, in some specific situations. And then going through grad school, I'm now learning about emotions. So in some way I'm having these life experiences that are like showing me that emotions aren't intended to just be contained and tamed while also learning about their role in life, but having kind of like a cognitive experience about with them, if that makes sense, right? I'm learning about them in my brain while I'm also having life experiences that are like, whoa. <laughs> so I think I was trying to intellectualize them, like think about emotions in some ways because that felt closer and more familiar to my childhood and my teenage years of like, I got this. So it was like a very weird experience, right? So I'll give you some examples of like the situations that were bringing on these really intense emotions that like couldn't contain like I could earlier in life. 
And, and those things looked like in college, I was in a five, at least a five-year relationship, maybe a little bit longer, but a five-year relationship. We broke up maybe a year in and it was devastating to me. There were some situations that really had me like doubting myself. Red flags were going off, but I wasn't really listening or trusting myself. So I went through probably a pretty minor depressive episode in response to the breakup. We got back together. We got engaged, married, and divorced. While and married and divorced while I'm in grad school. That was a lot. So, and then I will also say like another one that really stands out to me is after I got married to my current husband and we had, we were pregnant with our first, I learned out, I learned I had some pretty significant complications during that pregnancy that put our baby, our oldest Mason, more at risk than me. So we had to deliver him early, six weeks early. And then we had a relatively short NICU stay, but at the time felt like a lifetime. All of that brought on a lot of adversity and, and fear. Um, but my biggest challenge in that was I got postpartum anxiety really bad. Panic attacks, insomnia. I felt completely wild and out of control with no idea what to do and totally helpless, overwhelmed. I'm a new mom with a little guy, preemie, right? It was bad. So those I would say were some life circumstances throughout my 20s that really shook me and showed me like you can't, emotions aren't intended to just be like contained and you will not always be like the calm one. It was a reality check, right? I still was attempting, like I said, to intellectualize them. Like, what is the formula for getting through this? Well, I know that emotions um, are a byproduct of the thoughts I had, right? Like I was just like thinking about them rather than like, this is what's happening in my body. This is what this feels like. And just allowing myself, I just kept like pressuring myself to like, get back to quote unquote normal, get through this quickly. Um, you should know how to do this. You're in school for this, or you're a, a practicing therapist. You should have this together, right? Like, so then it, there became like a shaming in the way of like, I've always been the calm one historically with no, again, it's not that I didn't have feelings. They just weren't huge and intense and all these things, but I really suppressed them in the name of like keeping my identity as like the calm one. And then I'm learning about this and now like a quote unquote expert or a professional in the field that deals all with emotions, but feel, having these experiences of feeling sort of wild and out of control with my emotions and really pressuring myself to like, get it together lady, right? So that's like phase two is my twenties and probably even into my early thirties. Phase three is kind of what I want to talk about is where I feel like I'm at now and where I'm going to give you some tips and tricks if any of this earlier, these earlier stages that I've just described to you fit, feel, feel familiar to you. This third stage 
I focus almost less on the word emotions because again, I still can get a little bit like up in my head about it, meaning like let's label them. What's the, what's the exact name for this emotion? And um, how do I tolerate and navigate it? Like I can get a little bit in my head about it, which again is still a form of like not fully feeling my emotions, not allowing space for them and can still kind of have a negative connotation, you know? So in stage three, I have learned that what works for me is to focus more on energy. And because I got really good at like being the calm one again and kind of suppressing my feelings and keeping them in check, which I still felt to them, but like to a minimal degree, uh, or at times I wouldn't feel them and I would a thousand percent suppress them because I was trying to save that past relationship and make him happy or, um, with my current family, like I, everyone else is really having a rough day and having big emotions. So I can't have them because I got to keep everybody together. Right. Like all of that, it just like, wasn't working for me to think about emotions still that way. So now that I look at it, emotions as energy, I'm so much more aware of how it actually feels in my body when I am having emotional experiences. Like I'm out of my head about them more and quit wanting to talk about them and actually like feel, feel, feel them, you know? So stage three for me with energy is catching myself, kind of judging them, avoiding them, and truly like being so much more emotional and and realizing I have been more emotional my whole life than I've ever allowed myself to be. And that's taken some work because it feels like a total 180. Like I open the floodgates and I can't go back. Like, sorry, can't suppress my feelings anymore, everybody in my life. So you're going to have to get used to this new version of me. And that is okay. I am totally okay with that because it is, it's me, it's genuine and authentic. And I'm not using different defenses to like keep them at bay anymore, but it's really just helped me think of my emotions as energy. So one is like a mindfulness, the, the first tip or trick about, again, if, if you're relating to this, this means you can identify that, like you've identified yourself as someone who like doesn't have a lot of them, takes pride in not having big emotional, you know, outbursts or uh, responses. Like um, you realize you are an emotional suppressor. You maybe have some of like the codependent kind of tendencies where you neglect your needs in the name of helping everybody else, that kind of thing, that maybe this might help you. Also, some of you may be relating to this if you've had trauma in your life and needed to use different tactics to suppress your emotions, um, to numb them because you were going through really painful experiences and it was like a survival tactic. And so now recognizing again, how that served you then, but it's not serving you now, I'm going to encourage you to use the word energy. That's my first tip is, is in sharing these like stages of my life and now translating this podcast to this episode here to tips for you is one tip. Number one, try to label your emotional experiences as energy. 
and see if that helps shift your mindset, your judgment, your connotation, your relationship, whatever, like how you view, see if you have a different relationship with the word energy. That's tip number one. Tip number two is to be so mindful of where you are experiencing emotions in your body. I cannot tell you how much more aware I am of when I am clenching my jaw. And that is my first signal that I am trying to swallow up my feelings because I'm literally, literally like clamping them in, like, don't come out. <laughs> and I catch myself, I'll get a lot of jaw pain and pressure. We probably all heard about like the lump rising in your throat if you're feeling emotions rising and they're wanting to come out in the form of talking, speaking, yelling, crying, um, whatever. So I'll get like that lump in my throat kind of feeling. I can also feel like a rush and a surge of literal energy. For me, it's a lot of tears because I, I feel like I held them in for so long. And again, I don't know. I think I probably I cried plenty, but there was so much more that I wasn't allowing myself to do in earlier stages of my life that now, again, it does sort of feel like I've opened and gave myself permission that like I, I cry so much more than I ever have in other stages of my life. So I literally feel that like, here it comes. And it's kind of like a heat wave. There can be like a tingly sensation and like this, this up and out that happens. And I feel that kind of at the top of my gut, like through my chest and like up my throat and out. Um, so that is tip two, mindfulness in your body. Those are the, probably the, the top three things that I recognize within my own body that I'm having some sort of emotional response. And I try to notice when that is there. And rather than that, that automatic shift that tells me, shut it off, lock it up turn it off. Right. I'm, I'm just trying to sit with like, I feel that I don't have to do anything with it yet. I can let it be, I can let it come up and out. I can whatever, but just noticing like, Ooh, clench my jaw again. Something is happening and just notice. And you can stop there at first. So tip one, label your emotions as energy. See if you can have a different relationship with them. Tip two, really be paying attention to your body. And this is on an everyday, not just when like something's happening. There's a quote unquote problem, just noticing your body so much more to know what's going on. Oftentimes I'm able to also tell people on the reverse side, it's like, I know that I'm in a really good energetic place when I just feel this like calmness in my chest. I've got my hand in my chest right now. There's, there's, it's like the absence of feeling like there's just this like calm, serene, warmth in my chest that lets me know that I am like I'm good energetically on all levels I'm good I'm in touch with me I'm taking care of me there aren't any you know potential threats or problems popping up so like also not just like here's my body when I know something quote-unquote wrong is happening or negative but like this is also, I notice my body when I'm in a good place, when I'm in the place I desire to be as often as I can, this, I know what, I know what it feels like in my body too. Okay. So that's tip number two. Tip number three is I just caught myself trying to like use my words to say tip number three is really get rid of the good and bad when it comes to emotions. We've got to quit label like happiness is a good emotion 
anger is a bad emotion. It's good to be calm and content with no major emotional reactions. And it's bad to be having like an intense emotional experience. We got to get rid of that. Emotions are what they are. It is what it is. We all have them. What triggers them is different. How intense they become is different. Where we feel them in our body is different. What helps us with them is different, but they're there and they're not good or bad. They are universal human experiences. And and the more that we try to accept that for that fact of it is what it is, they are what they are, the less we're going to suffer to them, the less we're going to develop or or keep using these defenses to avoid them, to suppress them, to numb them, okay? So tip number three is really check in with yourself about the judgments that you have that you maybe didn't realize. If you had certain emotions specifically, I label this one as good and this one as bad. how you show your feelings, there's good and bad around them. This might be the easiest way. If you have children, you'll probably notice this pretty easy is like, oh, it's bad when my kids have an absolute meltdown and are kicking and screaming all over the floor. That's bad. No, that is them expressing their emotions in the best way that they know how right now at their stage of life. That's a topic for another day, but that's tip number three. Check in, recognize your judgments, and really work hard to take the good and bad out of emotions and out of energy. They are just experiences that we all have. And tip number four then is about moving energy, which really was kind of the point of this whole episode. In moving energy, because again, rather than thinking like specifically just about emotions, is once you start to notice what emotions and emotional energy feels like in your body, you will be able to find ways that work for you to kind of move that energy. So again, the goal isn't to squash it or make it go away. The goal is to help you move it through your body so it's not stuck. Because when emotional energy gets stuck and stays stuck in our body, that is when we start to have quote unquote problems. You'll have physical aches and pains or, or medical stuff pop up. Um, you will be more sensitive or trigger happy, like in relationships. Like if you have stuck emotional energy, you are more at risk of having more things set you off because you've like, it's like, the cup is three quarters full because I can't empty it. And so now any little thing that happens, well, my cup is already three quarters full. So just, okay, now that pours a little bit in, that pours a little bit in. So it took three things this morning and boom, my cup is full and overflowing and I lost it. Do you know what I mean? I hope that made sense, that analogy, but. So when we kind of contain and don't acknowledge or process or move our emotional energy and we keep it trapped in our bodies, again, it's there, whether you're aware of it yet or not, it's there. It can, it can lead and influence other things in our life and, and cause more distress for us than whatever is already bringing about these emotions. So here are some ways I have one example I want to leave you with is like how I this was the first time that I caught myself like, whoa, I did it. Like I was mindful. 
I recognized the energy brewing. I like accepted it, made space for it. I felt it fully, didn't suppress it. And then what I did to move energy. And it was the first time that I felt like that kind of process for me felt very clear and allowed me to be so much more aware of how I can continue to do it as I get better and better at this moving forward. Okay. So what happened was, I think it was in the summer, maybe late summer. I just had some, you know, sometimes I can really still struggle. I don't feel like I have an in-person network that is super strong here. This is my husband's hometown. He's more introverted, not as social. And I could like have stuff on the calendar all the time and feel pretty good about it. Like I could never have enough lunch with a friend, family play dates, outings as a family. Like I just really enjoy that. So sometimes I can err on feeling a bit lonely and struggling socially to feel like, like, do I have friends? Do people care enough about me? Am I giving more than I'm receiving? Um, you know, have lost friendships and relationships or they've changed over time and that's been hard on me, like all of that, okay? And so that was being stirred up on this day, this summer. And I felt it rising and I did. I noticed that like pressure kind of in my chest as that like ball of energy moved up. I felt kind of on the verge of tears, that lump in my throat. And my husband came up and for the first time, instead of just like, because I know in some cases he can't relate, he doesn't have the same need as I do when it comes to a social life. Instead of swallowing it and saying nothing and just sucking it up and moving on, I made the conscious choice to tell him about it. And so I did, I said, this is, this is coming up for me and I'm having a really hard time this motion this morning. And I let the tears and the emotion come out and I just cried. And I didn't even know all of what I said, but I, I talked, which for me talking things out, like I can journal sure. Good. But to move my energy and to really process through something and not get like stuck in it and suffer in it, I need to talk it out. So I talked it out with him about what was going through my head and kind of what brought this all on. I do remember through all the tears saying like, I don't know why this is so hard for me. He hugged me, he listened. I, I got my tears out and I just like let it flow through me rather than again, how I would historically have just swallowed it up. He's too busy. He doesn't have time for this. You know, will he understand? It's not that, you know, important. All the other things I would have done before. So I recognized it in my body. I let the emotion come up and out. I talked about it with him and acknowledged the hard time I was having. Then I went on a walk. I don't know what else I had to do on, I had on my to-do list that day, but I went on a walk because I'm like, I need to move. Just sitting here in it will continue me, continue me. Uh, I will continue to feel heavy and stuck and sad and frustrated and whatever. So I went out on a walk. On my walk, I listened to a hypnosis that I had had access to from my work with Shauna Van Bogart in the past and things I've done with her. And that wasn't, you know, the hypnosis was geared a little bit more towards business kinds of stuff. But I remember thinking like, I will be able to take this lesson and apply it to what I'm going through with this kind of social life trigger. And so I went on a walk and I listened to that hypnosis track a couple times. And then I walked in some silence to just kind of let myself be for the, the remainder of my walk. And then when I came back, I reached out to a friend who I know has some similar things, right? That she can feel 
sad or frustrated in her social life. Like she gives more than she receives at times or just wishes she had more people closer to her or just some of those similar things. So I reached out to someone that I knew had a, I had a pretty similar understanding and experience with. And I kind of vented and complained and cried again to her. And then I asked for a chance for us to get together. Because if ultimately what was being stirred up in me is like feeling lonely and sad and missing people and desiring having more of that in my life, then I, I needed to ask for some social interaction and, and put that into my life of what I was craving and desiring. So that's just an example. And, and like after I did all of that, I'm going to guess from like start to finish, it was like three hours maybe from when I got stirred up to when I was done kind of having that conversation with that friend and we had got something on the calendar. It didn't solve the problem. I, I did nothing drastically changed my circumstances necessarily. I just acknowledged it and felt it and let it move through me rather than sitting and stewing or just telling myself it's not a big deal, move on, suck it up. And it, it moved through me. I will say, again, this is still something that can be like a sensitive topic for me or something that I'm continuing to work on, but it hasn't gotten stirred up as intensely or as frequently since that day at the end of the summer. And I think because I allowed it to be something that I, I experienced and went through, rather than something that I'm just going to continue to pretend isn't there. I'm going to say it's too bad, it's too hard, it's too awful and not acknowledge it and like give it all this power, give it all this energy and stay, stay stuck suffering to it. I didn't do that this time. And since then, my experience with this specific trigger has been less like intense and problematic, so to speak. So that's a lot of what I wanted to say today. Um, I maybe went in places I wasn't anticipating, but I thought it could be helpful to paint a picture of like, again, how our relationship with emotions can change over time based on life experiences, based on, you know, knowledge and, and practice and things like that. And then also giving some tangible tips. I will, I will put them in the show notes just so that if someone's more of like a visual reader and that helps them to like lay out these tips, it'll be there. But that's what I've got for you. I would always, I'll probably say this every episode at the end is like, I would always love to hear from you. So one, like if it was helpful, you know, please share it on your social media and, and spread the message. That's always wonderful. And it helps this get in front of more people that may benefit from the things I have to say, but I would just mostly love you reaching out to me on Instagram, it's at Megan M. Colsing. I know my last name can be tricky, but, um, and just tell me like, what, where are you at with your relationship with emotions? If any of the kind of different stages or experience I described, if they were very relatable in your past or, or your present. Um, and then if some of these tricks about how to build a different relationship with emotional energy and move it through you, like if you've done it, what's helpful. If you have other things that, you know, work for you that I didn't describe in here, like, I would just love to hear from you about that. Cause that's what gets me excited is that people either have some new realizations 
or they feel very just seen and validated in their experiences, or they try something new and they're like, Hey, that helped. Thanks. You know, that those kinds of things are just so, um, life-giving to me. They invigorate me and it's wonderful to hear. So please, please reach out if any aspect of this was relevant to you and, and kind of tell me your story about it. I would love that. So that is it for this week. More to come next week. I'm having so much fun with this podcast. I appreciate you all being here. That's it for now. Take care, you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and listen to this episode. I know your days are full and there are a million ways that you could be spending your precious time. So just know that you choosing to be here with me doesn't go unnoticed. If you don't want to miss another chance to prioritize yourself and refuel that cup, then hit the subscribe button now so you don't miss a thing. The best way to spread these messages is to share, rate, and review these episodes. I want this podcast to support and nourish you through whatever you're going through in life. Please reach out to me on Instagram at any time at Megan M. Colsing. I'd love to hear from you because my mission is to help support and guide you to that magical and fulfilling life that you deserve. And in case nobody's told you yet today, you matter and you're doing a great job. See you next week.